The day is finally here, ladies and gentlemen. After a long COVID outbreak hiatus, we finally have Dallas Stars hockey back in our lives. On today's show, I'll be joined by Armando Velez of Locked On Florida Panthers to give you a full breakdown and preview of tonight's matchup. All of this coming up on a Thursday edition of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, and you are locked on the Dallas Stars on this Thursday, January 6th, where we have Dallas Stars hockey. Very excited, very excited to be uh, you know, watching a hockey game tonight with the Dallas Stars playing. Excited to be joined by another Locked On host today in uh, Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers. We'll get to that interview in just a second. But before we get into that, I want to take a moment and say thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked On Stars. Whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Stars podcast wherever you find your podcast at, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. And no matter where you listen, the show is always free, just like Dirk Nowitzki lives rent free in my head. Shout out to the big 4 1 for the Dallas Mavericks on getting his number retired last night at the American Airlines Center. Be sure to check that out if you're going to the game tonight. Well, without any further hesitation, let's get into today's crossover episode between myself and and Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers. Well, welcome in, everybody, Stars fans and Panthers fans alike. This is Dane Lewis with the Locked On Stars podcast, joined now by Armando Velez of Locked On Florida Panthers. Armando, how are you today? I'm doing great, Dane. It's great uh, to be uh, getting together with you. Uh, I mean, these two teams, the Florida Panthers and the Dallas Stars, uh, it's pretty recent uh, because last year they faced off eight times uh, last year with the whole divisions. Um, the Florida Panthers did go six two and zero against the Dallas Stars uh, last year, um, and one of those games was like Tyler Sagan's um, return to the lineup. His very first game was against the Panthers yes. uh, last year. Um, the, the Florida Panthers were supposed to play their first game of the season last year against the Dallas Stars before their COVID outbreak uh, caused a whole bunch of rescheduling. And um, it, it, as much as I love um, seeing, um, seeing more of what a team's got, I'm very, I, however, I am very glad that we are back to a normal season, but uh, it, it was, it was, it was crazy going against the, Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning in the same division after both of them met in the Stanley Cup final the year before. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. And I think even for Stars fans, we knew for sure we were in trouble with the Tampa Bay Lightning having to play them so many times. And then little did we know that, you know, just road trips to Florida in general would normally end in uh, misery for the, for the Dallas Stars just with COVID and injuries and just everything else. Uh, not, not the most fun season, but the Stars have recovered a little bit and uh, you know, it's it's nice to, like you said, uh, be in a crossover here. This is the first Stars game that we've had since December 20th. Uh, last time we saw them was at home against the Minnesota Wild, where they came out on top uh, and a really nice 7-4 to win. But 
you know, I wish, you know, in a perfect world, the stars could be coming back to the league, coming back to normalcy against uh, maybe an average team or a below average team, but that's not the case. And, you know, they're playing a Florida team that's, you know, playing very, very well tied for second, I believe at this point in time and points across the entire league with Washington and New York. Uh, so just to kind of a question for you about this Florida team, what has worked so well for this team this season to put the Panthers where they're at right now in the NHL standings? The difference has been Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, that has been the biggest difference of it all. He's had a resurgence. Um, there, I, I've said it many times on my show that when Spencer Knight was inserted as the guy um, in the in the first round series against Tampa Bay, it kind of lit a fire under Sergei Bobrovsky. Sergei Bobrovsky beh- um, becomes a dad as well, and that helped really helped them get a little motivated to go back to the training room and work a lot harder. Um, and that has been the difference. And Sergey Bobrovsky is coming off another performance where the Florida, the Florida Panthers in their 6-2 win against the Calgary Flames, um, he gets 47 of 49 uh, saves in the most recent game. And it, it's it's just been a, a big turnaround for a guy who is in year three of his um, seven-year, $70 million deal for the for the goal, for the Vesna multiple-time Vesna Trophy winning goaltender and that's really been the difference in in that um the also the new acquisition of sam reinhardt sam reinhardt is um he got off to off to a little bit of a slowish start um during his um during his time with the panthers but he's just been uh racking up the assists racking up goals he went almost a month without scoring a goal at one point and then now he's just been on a run getting points in almost every other game almost averaging a point per game um in in like a month stretch for uh sam reinhardt as well and rookie anton lundell right now the florida panthers have two players on the COVID list with with sam reinhardt being one of them and mason marchment um being the other and sam bennett um who they got from the trade deadline last year is suspended right now this is his second of three games of suspended for a high hit on cedric paquette on Saturday against the Montreal Canadiens. So Anton Lundell, 20 years old, falls to number three in, excuse me, number 12 um, in the draft just two drafts ago. And he is playing a top six role right now for the Florida Panthers after mostly playing in the bottom six to start off because, of course, he's a rookie. He has to get his reps in. But he, he has been embracing the challenge for him. And he talks about how... He talked a little bit about Jordan McPherson of the Miami Heralds uh, wrote an article about how Anton Lindell says that he's in a place that he doesn't want to be, but he understands the process and he's trying to find a way to raise his floor. And Anton Lindell right now is in a better position in his rookie year than Barkov was in his rookie year. I'm not saying that he's going to be exactly like Alexander Barkov, but the early steps of Anton Lindell is a very, very good sign. And he's definitely. He's a guy who uh, is mostly in taking faceoffs in the defensive zone late in games too. So the fact that they have this much trust in a guy like Anton Lindell has just been a thing of beauty. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like you know this team is continuing to do well and you know play near the top of the league despite having some adversity to go through with the suspensions, injuries, roster moves, things like that. Uh, a guy that I don't think you mentioned. You mentioned Reinhardt, second on the team in points with twenty six. Uh, the guy above him, Jonathan Huberdeau, 
uh, with 42 points, pretty big margin there. What has been so special about him this season that has put him in that position outside of just scoring goals and racking up the assists? What does he do well in order to put himself in that position to do those things? He's just an incredible skater overall, and his stick, stick skills are just incredible. Um, there was a statistic on most points throughout the calendar year of 2021, and behind the two superstars in Edmonton of McDavid and Dreisaitl, number three is Jonathan Huberdeau in the calendar year of 2021. Amazing. And there was a point in, in this season, Alexander Barkov has been up and down as far as hasn't, and he's been doing it with Alexander Barkov as well. And uh, they don't even play on the same line together. Huberto's on the second line along with um, Sam Reinhardt. And well, now, now it's uh, Anton Lindell and Anthony Duclair, but he's been mostly with uh, Sam Reinhardt and Anthony Duclair there. But now it's Anton Lindell because of uh, Reinhardt being on the COVID list. But he's he's just been finding ways to to just mesh with his teammates well. And of course, a lot of credit also has to do with Anthony Duclair as well. His speed, the speed factor of, of him has a lot to do with creating opportunities and it's helped Huberto out a little bit. And uh, he had another uh, beautiful, the Jonathan Huberto is as far as highlight plays, he's really known for that spinorama backhand pass. Uh, and he just he just got a, a beautiful one once again against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who ha- he had one against Tampa Bay last year uh, to Anthony Duclair. This one was uh, to Aaron Ekblad just the other day in their nine to three victory over a shorthanded Tampa Bay Lightning team. We have to acknowledge that they were shorthanded, but still a a display that Jonathan Huberto put in in that game and in the stretch, getting third star of the week um, last week. Um, getting another star of the week a few weeks ago as well. So I'm not saying he will win the heart, but I think there needs to be a little bit of consideration for Jonathan Huberto for the heart trophy this year. Yeah, absolutely. Putting up numbers like that. I don't see why he can't at least be, you know, in the conversation. I think for most, you know, NHL fans, members of the media, it's easy to just assume a, a McDavid or dry is going to get that award, but yeah, certainly credit due to Huberto for putting up the numbers he's putting up, but also, you know, just where Florida's at as far as the standings and where they stand as, you know, Stanley Cup contenders. Uh, you know, we talk about how great this team is and certainly a threat to be reckoned with. But what would you say is maybe a weakness of this Florida team that, you know, the Dallas Stars or any other opponent might look to exploit throughout the rest of this season? It's been the power play. Um, the it, It's funny because the Florida Panthers are top two in goals four per game. But as far as power play percentage, they're 19th. And, and it's, it's crazy to think that this team has just been so great even strength, but they still haven't figured it out consistently on the power play. They are they have scored in three straight games on the power play, four goals in those three games. So there's some progress based on the power play. But it just hasn't been a consistent year-round thing when it comes to the power play. And, of course, not everyone has been healthy as well. That has a little bit to do with it, Barkoff especially. Um, and though I t- I've said this on the podcast, though, I don't I don't want Keith Yandel back. I don't – it was the right decision to buy him out. They're still trying to figure out how to to have that quarterback on the power play with Keith Yandel being gone. They're still trying to figure that out. And, of course – the situation with Coach Q resigning and the guy who ran the power play in Andrew Brunette taking over as the head coach. Now he has multiple hats that he's wearing. 
as far as being on this coaching staff. So that maybe has a little bit to do with why the power play is a little, a little lackluster um, when it comes to that. But they, it's, it's, it's a work in progress for sure. And it's been a lot better now than it has been in the beginning of the season. Yeah, that'll certainly be an interesting thing to watch, especially for the stars, uh, you know, coming off of this long COVID outbreak hiatus and uh, the penalty kill kind of picking up some momentum before the break. Uh, but it has been pretty inconsistent so far this season. So especially considering that, as well as just the physical state of the team, as far as, you know, being game ready, I, I think that'll be an interesting matchup to watch. And sometimes the stars have struggled with discipline uh, and really dug themselves in a hole by giving other teams opportunities on the power play. So certainly something to be on the lookout for. And we're going to take a quick break, but after a couple messages from our sponsors, Armando is going to ask me some stars related questions. So we'll be right back after a quick break. And jumping back into today's crossover episode between Locked On Stars and Locked On Panthers, Dane Lewis joined by Armando Velez. Uh, Armando, the floor is yours. I'm here to answer all of your Stars questions for yourself and Florida Panthers listeners out there. All right. So a few weeks ago, you talked, you bragged a little bit about the top line of the Dallas Stars of Rope Hans, Joe Pavelski, and Jason Robertson. Um, of course, the Dallas Stars record isn't where they want them to be. But as far as that stance that you had a few weeks ago on them possibly being the top line in the whole NHL, where do you stand on that right now? I, I still feel pretty confident in that claim. Uh, and I, I know I've had this discussion with a few other hosts on the network as well and just some other people. Uh, and, you know, certainly, you know, it's a it's a subjective kind of conversation of who actually has the top line. But you know, you said the Stars record certainly not where they want it to be. Um, and I know, you know, now they're falling even more behind, especially in a crowded central division because of this pause. Uh, while, you know, these other teams that are playing Nashville, Colorado, St. Louis are continuing to stack up wins. Uh, you know, I, I still feel pretty confident. Pretty much any game that the Stars have won this season or at least had a fighting chance of winning if they've fallen short has been to the credit of those guys on the top line. Whenever the Stars were on their seven game win streak back in you know the back half of November, early December, Rupe Hintz was scoring about one one goal a game, and he had a hat trick in there. Uh, Joe Pavelski continues to be an ageless wonder at 37, leading the team in goals, points. And then, of course, Jason Robertson was a Calder finalist last season. Uh, no sophomore slump from him, just an incredible effort from him, whether he's shooting the puck or chasing down rebounds. All three of those guys just have a really good chemistry with one another. Uh, and so I, you know, I think that they're going to, you know, need to lead the way for the Stars team to get back into game shape, especially Joe Pavelski. Uh, you know, he's a recent addition of this Stars team, only been here for a couple years, but a guy that, you know, the coaches and other members of the Stars media always say that he's the first guy on the ice at practice, working in front of the net on his redirects, things like that. Uh, certainly, you know, needs to lead the charge. And then, of course, Rupe and Jason Robertson uh, needing to carry a little bit of that slack as well. But uh, yeah, I still feel pretty confident. Uh, and those guys being one of, if not the best top line in the NHL. But as far as the pulse of the fan base, how are they feeling about the current state of the team? Yeah, I, I would say as as of this point right now, um, confidence is, is probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, it's been a crazy roller coaster of a season as far as where the fan base has stood. Uh, the fire coach Rick Bonus crowd has chilled out a little bit, uh, but there was a stretch early in the season where fans wanted the coach gone. Uh, they kind of wanted to, you know, just kind of start from scratch. Uh, but then the win streak happened. And, you know, even after the win streak, when things haven't always been so great, uh, that you know, things have, have died down a little bit. But I think just as far as the overall, uh, I guess, mood of the fan base since that Stanley Cup run has, has been fairly positive. 
Uh, you know, you say they, the Stars missed the playoffs last season. They were in the playoff hunt up until their very last game. I remember thinking they were out, but they went into their last game that season. I believe it was against Chicago. Uh, and there was like a 30-something percent chance that if they won and some other teams lost, that they could sneak into that last wild card spot. And so it's still, you know, disappointing season, especially, you know, going on that crazy cup run back in 2020. But, you know, still a lot of confidence going forward. We were missing Tyler Sagan most of the year, Ben Bishop, who's now retired. Alexander Radulov was missing substantial minutes. But I, I think, you know, Stars fans knew the future was bright with a guy like Robertson being a, a Calder Cup finalist. Rupe Hintz kind of coming into his own. Joe Pavelski still, you know, doing what he does. Jamie Benn still having a little bit left in the tank. So just several guys like that, as well as some of the offseason acquisitions and Braden Holtby. Michael Raffle, and even Ryan Suter. I think Ryan Suter has been a surprise coming from Minnesota uh, at his age, even though he signed a four-year deal, which I'm still not a huge fan of. Uh, but at least as of right now, he's still continuing to uh, produce and be be an effective guy for the Stars on the blue line, especially with Miro Haskinen, who just signed an eight-year deal on his own. So I think Stars fans are still generally in good, you know, in a good mood about this team and organization, at least in the direction it's heading. Uh, I think there's a recognition amongst the fan base and even myself uh, that, you know, the playoffs are still kind of a maybe, but even if we miss the postseason this year, there's still a lot to look forward to down the road with, you know, some of the guys on the current roster and even some of our more recent draft pickups. Yeah, and um, the Florida Panthers had some uh, interest in Ryan Suter and the term, I'm not the biggest fan of the term at six years old for um, Ryan Suter. And um, I remember listening to one of the national show uh, podcasts. I, I believe it was either in the crease with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. They were talking about the stars goaltending situation at the beginning of the season, where if you have too many goalies, that means you have no goalies. And that the stars had a situation where they had uh, Anton Hudobin, Ben Bishop, Braden Holtby, and then of their, their prize first round pick in Jake Ottinger. And now two of them are gone, gone, Ben Bishop retired, and then Hadobin placed on waivers just a few weeks ago. Now the only two standing are Brandon Holpe and Jake Ottinger. And their save percentage is just about the same from what I'm seeing. But uh, the goals against average for Jake Ottinger is a little bit uh, lower than Brandon Holpe from what I'm seeing. Both of them, their contracts expire next year, um, Ottinger being an RFA. So there's higher chance of, keeping Ottinger around but what do you what do you say what do you think about the future of the between the pipes between uh for the Dallas Stars yeah certainly a very interesting situation and it was you know something I talked about a whole lot going into the season of you know having too many goalies because up until his retirement there was kind of the belief that Ben Bishop was going to come back and maybe have you know one more run in him but he tried he tried one game in the AHL this season and gave up eight goals and just after that, he and his family came to the decision that it was time to, you know, to hang it up and, and call it a career, which a great career at that. And then, of course, Anton Hudobin started out the season very slow. Um, maybe had I think he had one good game back in early November uh, against Philadelphia. But other, outside of that, uh, just gave up way too many goals, you know, which was just kind of a shock from what we were used to seeing back in 2020 and even a little bit in 2021. Uh, so I, I feel pretty confident overall in the goalie situation for the Stars going forward. Uh, I think Jake Gottinger has solidified himself as a long-term goalie for this team uh, with the way that he played last season, having to get called up because of COVID and injuries. I don't think there was really ever the plan to get him to the NHL that early, but I mean, it, it happened and 
Uh, he played well then, and he's playing really well this season, having to kind of come in and under similar circumstances. And of course, Braden Holtby has been a shock as well. Uh, clearly a, a guy with a nice resume with the Stanley Cup championship, a Vesna trophy back in 2016. But, you know, a guy that struggled a little bit last season in Vancouver. So I think there was a lot of hesitancy amongst the fan base, uh, whether or not, you know, he would be a reliable guy between the pipes this year. But like you said, the save percentage, uh, you know, pretty decent. I think I, I talked about both these guys a lot yesterday. I think they're both 22nd and 23rd as far as save percentage goes across the whole league. And so uh, I'm pretty confident both these guys, if they can stay healthy and keep what they're doing, uh, they'll be a huge part in helping the Stars potentially get into the postseason. And then once they're in the postseason, if, if they do make it there, uh, I think the Stars have a, a special, uh, you know, a good thing going for them with having two guys that you can put out there to start. And I think the coaching staff and the guys on the ice, the skaters, feel confident, but whoever's between the pipes, whether it's Holtby or Ottinger, I, I think both guys are uh, qualified and capable of leading the team any given night against any team. However, I don't know you know, how long Holt is going to be here. Like you said, his contract expiring pretty soon, his age starting to climb up a little bit. Uh, so not entirely sure how much longer we'll see him at wearing green here in Dallas, but you know, a nice guy to have on the roster this year for sure, but feel very confident in Ottinger going forward. And then, you know, maybe we'll draft another goalie. Maybe we'll pick up another guy in free agency this coming summer. Yeah. And at 32, it's hard to predict uh, where uh, Braden Holtby is going to be. And Jake Ottinger at 23, many 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 years uh ahead of of him um so looking at the standings in the central division uh points percentage they're a little bit behind uh winnipeg and they're 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 according to it, it, i have i have to always adjust to points percentage when looking at the standings because not everyone has played the same amount of games uh due to the different cancellations but they are ahead of chicago and uh arizona but they are behind Winnipeg, uh, Minnesota, Colorado, St. Louis, and Nashville. Uh, Nashville, shockingly, is up there in the in the in the standings, quietly doing it. But as far as the the trade deadline and what what's to come for the Dallas Stars, there's been I think I've heard a thing or two about the possibility of someone like Joe Pavelski being traded to a contender with his uh, contract being expiring uh this coming off season uh what what are you thinking are the chances of the Dallas Stars possibly selling or possibly buying or staying the same yeah I, I think as of right now uh there's not too much of a sense at least from what I've seen and just kind of you know how the season has gone uh that we're going to see the departure of any big names I mean if things happen and uh, things can change, you know, in an instant in the world of sports. But the biggest names I've heard thrown around for the Stars as far as trades go, John Klingberg is a guy that's been a defenseman for this team for several years, but his contract is up at the end of this season. So there's been a lot of talk of if he's going to get re-signed or if he's going to get shipped off somewhere. I've heard Carolina as the landing spot for him potentially. Haven't heard too much since the rumors surfaced about a month ago. Um, but as far as Pavelski goes, I think that there's a lot of potential there. I, I think, you know, if come trade deadline time, if the stars think that they don't have a chance with the postseason, it, it would be a kind of a sad departure because Pavelski's done a lot of great things with his brief time here with the stars. But you know, if the stars and Coach Bonus think that they have a chance to make a push for the postseason, they're they're definitely going to hold on to a guy like Joe just because you can't. It's hard to replicate that kind of veteran leadership and experience. A guy that's been around the league as long as he has. So, but if we do give him up to a contender, a team that's looking for a guy that can, you know, give good minutes despite his age. Uh, I think the stars could potentially get some good return um, that might not benefit them this season or even next season, but could, you know, down the line uh, come in handy, whether it's draft picks, prospects, you name it. 
and at 37 years old and Joe Pizowski leading the the stars in both goals and and assists total points uh if you're gonna trade him you I I think I think if you're the stars you got to be a little stubborn when it comes to like what you want uh for for a I, I know for the other team it'll be a rental, but definitely you see the production that he's putting at his age, and you gotta you you gotta try to get something for for him. Um, and if the if, if a team's desperate enough, if they think that Pavelski is that missing piece, um, then then you you gotta give up what you have to in order to get some guy with that that type of production that Joe Pavelski is uh, definitely putting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll be interested to see if any more developments come up for the stars as far as trades go, especially coming out of this break. We'll see, uh, you know, there's hope that some of these veterans like Sagan and Ben and Radulov, who haven't done as much number wise this year, might pick it up a little bit. And we'll see, you know, maybe the, you know, the guy, some guys rise or fall as far as points, assists, goals go, things like that. Well, coming up next, we will, Armando and I will give our overall predictions and final thoughts for this upcoming game before we take off. But before we do that, I do want to take a moment and say thank you to one of the sponsors of today's episode, and that is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains in the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website is the perfect place to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Jumping back into today's Locked On Stars and Locked On Panthers crossover, Dane Lewis joined by Armando Velez. Uh, Armando, this is a, like I said at the start, big game for the Dallas Stars coming back off their COVID hiatus. Uh, and they've played historically well this season against some of the top teams in the league. They've beat Edmonton, they've beat Carolina, they've beat Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota, but they struggle against a lot of the lesser teams. They've lost twice to Ottawa uh, and lost some other tough games to teams like Columbus and some other some other middle of the pack teams. But what are your overall thoughts going into this game and how do you see this game shaping out for the Florida Panthers? Don't feel bad about losing to Ottawa because the Florida Panthers lost to them by a final score of eight to two just a few weeks ago in uh, oh my. Sunrise. So the Florida Panthers at home versus on the road are completely different. And the their latest West Coast trip before uh, coming back home, uh, it was a a trip to Colorado, Arizona, and St. Louis. I, I think with Florida Panthers with this quick two-game trip plus, and then Saturday, a big one in Carolina uh, on Saturday night uh, against the Metro Division-leading Hurricanes. I think that the Florida Panthers will at least get three out of four points in this road trip. Two of them will come in Dallas. They'll maybe split a point this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think that this game is going to be a tough one for the Dallas Stars. Uh, just because they've been practicing this week, they've scrimmaged against one another. But as Coach Rick Bonus has said, and I 100% agree, you just can't quite replicate, you know, being in game shape, playing in an actual NHL game is so much different uh, than playing and scrimmaging against your own team, especially when the team you're scrimmaging as and scrimmaging against one another has all been in COVID isolation. 
so certainly, you know, going to be a challenge going up against a team like Florida that's been playing games, that's been on a roll as of late, coming off a big win against Calgary, like you said, and looking, you know, to win this game and then move on and get a big win against Carolina, who's, again, one of the best teams in the league this season. So as far as predictions go, I can see the Stars dropping this game about 4-2, to two, maybe 4-3. to three. Uh, I can maybe see overtime. The Stars had a knack at the start of the season for going to a lot of overtime games. Uh, they think they've only been in one shootout, and that was against Pittsburgh, and they did end up winning that one on the road. Um, but yeah, I, I can see, uh, you know, Florida is going to drop this game. It's not going to be a blowout by any means because uh, I just don't think the Stars are physically in shape to do such a thing, especially against such a talented team that's on such a hot streak uh, and, you know, in such a good position as far as standings go. But really excited to see how the Stars team comes out and competes. Uh, you know, I think it's going to say a lot about this team and kind of where they're at mentally. Um, you know, even if they do come out and lose this game, if they put up a good fight, uh, I think the coaching staff can be pleased with that. And I think the fan base can be pleased with that because it's got to be difficult to, you know, win a game on the 20th and then not play. You know, I think they've had six games canceled on all of those division games. Uh, so, you know, they're going to have those rescheduled at some point, look to get back on track and climb up the division rankings a little bit with those games. But, you know, I, I think, you know, as Stars fans and, you know, Stars members of the media, our expectation is expect them to play well because of the way they practice this week, but also know uh, that winning is going to be very, very difficult, but should be an exciting game nonetheless. And uh, I'm saying that the Dallas Stars have an incredible home record of 11-3-1. and Their last 10, which is hard to put a finger on right now with their pause right now, 5-5-0 five, five and 0, uh, in, their, in, in, in their last 10, from what I'm seeing on NHL.com. So I don't, we don't know how this Dallas Stars team is going to come out. Uh, we'll, we'll know within the first 10 minutes. The first 10 minutes is going to set the tone for the game. So we'll know, we'll know by then uh, of what Dallas Stars team we're going to see after their COVID break. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the first period in general is going to be important for how this game's going to go, especially the first 10 minutes, especially, you know, getting those like every single guy on the on the team kind of out there on the ice and see uh, who's the most physically ready to probably play a good amount of minutes. And I think the coaching staff's going to be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, do you have a prediction for as far as first goal for the Florida Panthers? I'm going to say Anton Lundell. I, 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 yeah, I feel like, you know, there's so many weapons. It could be any guy uh, on that roster just about. For the Stars, I'm going to go uh, with an old reliable. It's going to be a guy from that top line, and I think Rupe Hintz, uh, you know, get, get gets the job done, at least gets the scoring started for the Stars. But Armando, thanks for uh, joining this crossover today. Really good to, you know, be in a crossover once again uh, with another Locked On Podcast Network host because the Stars haven't played in a while. So it's a nice breath of fresh air to be teaming up again. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's crossover episode between Locked On Stars and Locked On Panthers. No, I always enjoy crossing over with other hosts here at the Locked On Podcast Network today more than ever because it has been a hot minute since I got to collaborate with another host because the Dallas Stars hadn't played anyone. But thank you guys for checking out the show. Thank you again for making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day be sure to subscribe to and follow the locked on stars podcast wherever you find your podcast at whether that's on youtube or your favorite podcasting platform always free no matter where you watch or listen be sure to also give us a review or rating if you like what you hear you can find me on twitter at dane double underscore lewis that's at d-a-n-e two underscores l-e-w-i-s you can also find the show on twitter at Locked On Stars. Be sure to give us a follow there as well. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for a full review and recap 
of tonight's matchup. We'll be breaking it all down here at Locked On Stars. See you then, Stars fans. Have a great day.